Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pod of thunder and rock and roll. And today, Jeff Cobb makes his Talk is Jericho debut. He's talking about his experience as an Olympic wrestler representing the country of Guam and Athens, Greece in 2004. One of only four athletes from the entire country of Guam at the Olympics. You hear how he ended up wrestling for Guam, even though he grew up in Hawaii. He talks about getting started in wrestling, his love of Hulk Hogan, what finally made him leave Hawaii to pursue a career in California. He's got great stories about his WWE tryout, why he passed up tough enough signing with ring of honor wrestling in japan main eventing in pro uh, pro wrestling gorilla pwg and this friday june 28th he's main eventing against matt taven for the roh world heavyweight championship at best in the world that's coming to you for baltimore maryland 9 p.m eastern time you can order it on honor club jeff's going to talk all about ring of honor and all about his illustrious up-and-coming killer career right here right now on talk is jericho I was listening because uh, yeah, the new one came out, the Mandela Effect. Right? Yeah. That's crazy, huh? It's so true. Like now, I think about it. There's a lot of people talking about that last night. We were downstairs in the bar with like Kazarian and Daniels and everybody, and talking about the Mandela Effect and how it's really like everyone goes like, "Oh, really? I didn't even think about that." Like the Queen, uh, we will, we are the champions uh, of the world, and that's been taken off, or the Berenstein Bears, or that's the one. That's I remember the one. as a kid. That was my favorite book to rent or to borrow yeah. out of the library, and I'd always sprint there, and it was the, the Berenstein Bears, and I was like the Berenstein. Bears? The Berenstein oh. Bears, Berenstein Bears. It's we're here with, with Jeff Cobb here in Las Vegas, and uh, we were talking about how you listened to the Flat Earther <laughs> episode of the show, and you mentioned how those guys like they have good points. They, they make valid points because again, like going to, off that podcast, you know. We were told from when we were kids, this is what it is. This is how it goes. This is red. This is blue, whatever, whatever. I'm like, but if you, like, I don't know myself. Like I'd never flew in a rocket or a ship, rocket ship up there. Right, and exactly. Look down and say, well, you know what? It is a, it is a square or it is a circle. So, and, and that's the thing. Cause, and the, and the thing I love about those guys is when ever um, you give them an argument, they have an answer for it. Mm-hmm. So whether you believe it or not, those guys do, and they're very well schooled. So it's, it makes for a very interesting show, right? And I think um, I think I'm more susceptible to it because if I if I say something, they have a good answer instead of just shooting me down, right? And I that's all. I mean, we don't know. We we don't know. That's all yeah. you can ask for when I have my paranormal guests on. Why people enjoy it? Because like I said, whether you believe in Sasquatches in the forest or not. When you talk to someone who is convinced that they had an experience, you give them the benefit of the doubt. Okay, well, you never, you're convinced. That's good enough for me. So it, it makes, like you said, makes for an interesting uh, conversation for sure. Yeah. So uh, speaking of, of flat earth and, and being out in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> <laughs> the worst segue ever. But you now, it's, it's interesting because you hear a lot about guys coming in to the business and suddenly someone will, will make a name for themselves. And it's very quick. Like Jeff Cobb, I've heard your name everywhere maybe over the last six months or a year or so, uh, it seems like you know now you're finally getting uh, a lot of uh, focus and a lot of uh, uh, steam uh, coming from all the way from Hawaii, which was what my segue was. That's uh, it's a long way. Uh, it's been a crazy, like, I want to say like uh, maybe two years where like my bookings have gone crazy and uh, it's, it's, it's a crazy roller coaster and I love it. I mm. love every minute of it. Um, I mean, hotels kind of suck after a while but it just comes with the that's part of the job yeah right? it's part of the job but i mean 
at the end of the day, who am I to complain when somebody else is paying for me to fly somewhere and stay at a hotel? Where- I always say that, yeah, you, you're getting paid to travel to places where people save their money for years to hopefully get a chance to go to. Right. Like, I mean, I, oh my gosh, I'm, like I've been to Japan maybe five times now in the past year and a half. And it's every time, every tour, it's amazing. I mm. love it every single time. That's where I met you there. We were at yeah. breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> at the uh, Tokyo Dome Hotel, just yep. very briefly. But so what was it over the last couple of years that, that kind of put the rocket on your ass, so to speak? Um, I think it was, uh, I'm just a little bit different than, like, I don't really fly around too much. I think, uh, I suplex a lot of people and you're a big blocky yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I've been fortunate enough to be able to have like weird, like stupid strength where I could, I haven't met somebody. I haven't made with suplex yet. Mm. So very fortunate about that. One day my back's going to give out and then I have to learn how to work for real. So. <laughs> Who's the biggest guy you suplexed? Jeez. I want to say maybe follow No. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a big guy. Follow or even, um, Brian Molinas from, uh, the bouncers mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the Christmas specials. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was awesome. What about uh, the, the cat from New Japan, the big fo- uh, folly, bad luck folly? Um, I haven't had a chance to really tussle with him too okay. much, but, uh, you know, he's on my he's on my bucket list. <laughs> he's on your suplex list. Yeah. Because you came from a from a very uh, um, uh, prestigious amateur background. Yeah, so that was, that was my, well, I mean, I, I want to sound like, not I'm not the brightest person in the world, but at the same time, like uh, my freshman year in high school, like I loved wrestling since I was a kid, like since I could remember. Pro wrestling, amateur Pro wrestling. wrestling. Gotcha. Pro wrestling. Um, and then uh, freshman year in high school, I saw flyers for wrestling and I went, holy cat. Like, oh my gosh. So I saved all my allowance to buy wrestling shoes. I didn't realize wrestling shoes were so expensive. Uh, amateur wrestling shoes. And I showed it's my first practice and I was like, Wow. I was I was really dumb because <laughs> you were expecting a wrestling ring. Yeah, <clears throat> I was like, well, maybe uh, maybe this is just the first week, and then I can pick my entrance music. And <laughs> so you thought there was high school pro wrestling? What? <laughs> I didn't know there was amateur wrestling. Right? I, I had no clue. So uh-huh. so you'd already paid for the for the shoes. <laughs> yeah, so I stuck with it because I spent ninety eight dollars on shoes. So. <laughs> so, but is that seriously? You said, well, I'm here. I might as well give it a try. Yeah. Well, I mean. Well, I played basketball first, but then I realized I'm re- I was short mm. for basketball. Short and stock, yeah. Yeah, so I was like, well, I'll give this wrestling a try. I mean, you never know where it leads to. And mm-hmm. It led me here, so. But what? Uh, how far did you go in amateur wrestling? I went. I wrestled in the 2004 Olympics. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. For 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 the I wrestled. Uh, I wrestled for uh, Guam. Really? So I moved to Guam middle school. Uh huh. And uh, that's where that's where everything went because my mom's my mom's side's uh, Filipino. They're from mm. the Philippines, and my grandmother moved from the Philippines to Guam because she had a teaching degree. And for Filipinos, I've, I mean, I hate to say it, I don't want to sound like an idiot, but you're either a nurse or a teacher. Yeah, so, Philippines. Yeah. yeah, Filipino. Yeah. So my grandmother was a teacher. Uh, she taught elementary school for 27 years, and she moved to Guam to get better pay, better living for our family, and and. My mom met my dad, moved to Hawaii, and then we kind of hit a couple, couple snafus. Like uh, there was like drugs involved and whatnot, and we lost our house and all that. So, but my grandmother helped us out and took us in. So oh. we moved to Guam. Okay, so. now Guam is like a small island. It's a tiny island. Yeah, it's a vacation. I know all the Japanese wrestlers yeah. go there for vacation. <laughs> yeah, like because it's pretty close to Japan. It's only uh-huh. like a three, three and a half hour flight. Mm-hmm. So. 
Uh, we get a lot of uh, Korean tourists, Japanese tourists coming over and just wow. soaking up the sun. So, but they have amateur wrestling in Guam. Yeah. My goodness. So, so how many guys was was there on your team representing For wrestling? Guam? Uh, just me. I was the only one, <laughs> I was the only one that qualified in two thousand four. Wow. So. So, so, and that was uh, where was where was two thousand four? Uh, Athens, Greece. Well, this is interesting. So, tell us what it's like to be in the Olympics. Uh, well, so when everybody asks me that question, mm-hmm. I never know what to say. Uh, besides the fact that it was it was a great honor, mm-hmm. um, I usually tell them the stories of how it's kind of like a it's kind of like a circus almost because uh, you have like a two hundred and forty five pound female that can throw us. I think it's like a twelve pound shot put, right? Twenty. 30 feet and then you also have a four foot nine one percent body fat gymnast that can lift her own body weight and hold it in a it's just the craziest sea of human i mean i mean you you know mark henry yeah of course just okay imagine him and then (laughs) and he's a small guy compared to you know so so like it's crazy and then um then i go to the computer lab or i do drop off laundry go to the computer and yao ming is sitting in a little computer chair just typing away and he just looks so out of place <laughs> right right it's so you, is it like a two-week <sighs> thing where you go and stay there for the whole time i was there for a month for a month yeah wow. uh the game started uh i believe it was like august 2nd and but i didn't compete or wrestling wasn't scheduled to like august 24th so so like, you still whoa. keep training and yeah which which was horrible uh they had amazing food from around the world uh Asian cuisine, anything you name it, it was there. And they also had, well, so it was weird when I think about this too, is they had a 24-hour McDonald's hmm. that you can get whatever you want as long as you sign their book. Oh, really? Yeah. As so, an Olympic athlete. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, I mean, you know, the best athletes in the world. <laughs> you want a Big Mac? <laughs> <laughs> so when you get chosen to be in the Olympics or win whatever nationals that you go, does the government pay for you to go because the olympics paid you have to pay for yourself um well the our government paid for me but uh it wasn't like i was getting money for it like mm-hmm. they they paid like the travel the expenses. lodging, yeah, yeah the expenses and then they gave me like a little stipend but it wasn't enough to you know i, I mean it's, it's not like i was eating like great meals every i mean i'd, mm-hmm. I'd make enough just to make sure i was eating healthy and whatnot so like i wasn't spending $500 a day on stuff. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So how, how many people were on the Guam team, Olympic team total? Uh, 2004 was four. There was wow. a swimmer, two track and field, and then a wrestler. Is it just because you're the best in Guam or did you have to beat some other countries to get in there? Uh, so like every, uh, they have regions, I guess, if you will, or mm. continental championships. So like, uh, like, like America is a part of Canada and, and Mexico. Um, and then, like Guam, we were a part of Oceania region, which is like Australia, New Zealand, mm. uh, small, smaller islands and whatnot. So uh, usually they go by, like if you're in the like the wrestling world championships the year prior, the top 10 will automatically qualify a spot for that weight class and country. Um, and then as, as it gets closer than each country that, like it's the US, let's say they qualified a spot. Then the April prior to the Olympics, they'll have a tournament to see who represents the spot. So if you qualify the spot, it doesn't mean you're going to the Olympics. You'd mm. have to win another one. Gotcha. Again. Yeah. So, so wh- who did you wrestle in the Olympics? Uh, I wrestled a a wrestler from Germany who was Russian who seceded from Russia because he couldn't make the national team. 
So he's a Russian guy wrestling for uh, Germany. And I wrestled Yo Romero uh, from, he's in the UFC now, I believe, mm. like at 205 or something. What country was he? Uh, he is from Cuba or Cuba. So is this uh, this heavyweight class? Yeah. Uh, well, actually, no. I wrestled 184. Oh, wow. Or uh, 84 kilos. Okay, wow. That was many years ago. <laughs> <laughs> many Big Macs ago? Yes. <laughs> and then did you did you win a couple matches? I did not. Oh, I okay. lost to the German guy, and then I lost to Yo Romero. So, so it's like a two Yeah, we are um, at the time, it was pool, pool uh, round robin, I guess, or pool play. Uh, now it's a straight bracket, I believe. So. Well, still, so you got to go to the Olympics. Yeah. And uh, I was going to ask you when you mentioned you grew up in Hawaii and that you were a big wrestling fan. Is there was it on TV? Did you go to the shows in Hawaii? Oh, uh, TV. Uh, I remember begging my dad to stay awake on Monday because I, I believe it was called primetime at the at yeah, the, yeah yeah yeah. I used to stay up and watch that all the time. Then I ended up falling asleep because I was young. Yeah. Uh, and then anytime they come, they came to Hawaii. I was like, oh my god, dad, please, can we go? Can we go? And Sure enough, my dad took me every single time. What years was, was that? I'm trying to think. Uh, it was like, I remember going in the late 80s. Uh, okay. So they would come at least maybe two or three times a year. Gotcha, back yeah. Then. Um, the last one I went to, you wrestled there, and you had the, the I don't know why more people don't do this in Hawaii, but like, like you're like, the fans are chanting Mahu. Mm -hmm. And you're like, well, you know, if Mahu means... I'm the greatest and I'm the biggest Mahu ever. Not, and it got such a great reaction. <laughs> and, I was dying. And Mahu means? Um, uh, it's like a lady boy or something. Yeah, it's, it's a, I don't want to, I don't know how to say no, it. No, I'll it, say it. It's like a lady boy, kind of yeah. like a, yeah, like a guy who is effeminately gay or yeah, something on those yeah. lines. Yeah, Mahu. And it was, it popped me. You know, so funny, I did that same thing the last time I was there, like in 2016, I think. I just okay. keep doing it every time. It, it, gets, it gets a great reaction. I don't think nobody does that. Like, oh. I did it in Australia with wanker. If wanker means I'm cool, then yes, I'm the biggest wanker. I'm a wanker, baby. <laughs> so what So what finally prompted you to get into to, to training for wrestling, get into um, the business? I've, I've always wanted to do it. I just never uh, – I graduated high school, and then we moved back to Hawaii for a little bit, and I was like, you know, I'm going to do it. You know, Just right out of high school, I, I think I can do it. It's like 17. Mm -hmm. And I called the local promotion – his name was uh, Lars Anderson. Wow. Yeah. And really? he yeah. was running a company in Hawaii. And he's like, yeah, if you, just bring me $3,000 and uh, show up on Monday. It's like, $3,000? Where's me get $3,000? I'm 17 years old, <laughs> right out of high school. So I got to put it on the back burner for a while. So, But I've always wanted to do it. And eventually, um, I ended up going to college and then graduating college, moved back to Hawaii. And I was like, you know, it's now or never. Who did you train with? I trained with a, a local company in Hawaii called Action Zone Wrestling. There were, well, there was two companies actually. There was that one, and there was a NWA affiliate at the time. But it's you know, right? It was an, the older NWA yeah, affiliate. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just went with them because they like I started working at a gym, and all the wrestlers came to that gym, and I was like, oh man, it's, it's got to be a sign. So. Mm -hmm. Because Hawaii is like, um, it's interesting when you say there's a promotion there because it's such a small island. Mm -hmm. Like how many shows would you do with that promotion and where would you do them? Well, when I first started training, we'd had a small, like a Muay Thai gym that we partnered with and maybe 30, 40 people max that could fit in there. Mm -hmm. So we'd run that. And then like two or three times a year, we would do a ballroom as our, like our bigger shows. In Honolulu? Yeah. Um, and then it would just. Then we just do that every two or three times a year, like the bigger shows. Like, yeah. But would you yeah. go to like some of the other islands and run shows? Or? No. Well, I know they used to do that back yeah. in the day, uh, but uh, they used to. It used to be easier when there was. They had this little ferry that used to take you to different mm -hmm. islands. 
but people were complaining that it it killed dolphins or whatever. I don't know if that's true or not, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. So they used to put the ring truck on there and go to the other islands, but then. By the time I came around, they stopped doing that. Also, when you when you grew up in Hawaii, were you doing like like were you surfing? Were you uh, were you spear fishing? Were you doing anything like that? I was doing none of those. I, <laughs> I have this. I have a fear of water deeper than my head. I, I <laughs> panic attack. I brought my girlfriend to Hawaii like three years ago, and she wanted to go snorkeling with turtles and stuff. And I was like, oh god! So I took her, and as soon as I jumped in the water, instantly hyperventilating <laughs> but trying to look manly of course. of course of course as there's a turtle coming at me i'm like yeah. no you're like the worst hawaiian ever even your last name cobb right like that's because well, well, my, my dad's white so okay <laughs> <laughs> okay so you, you're you're half white half filipino yeah i just uh, grew up in hawaii yeah gotcha well, uh, japanese my dad was jap my it's so weird oh like so it, you're half japanese half white half filipino half quarter japanese uh, yeah quarter yeah sorry quarter quarter and half jap and half filipino oh okay but according to so all the well, I don't know I started I segue so it's much fine, I'm no sorry problem, but no uh, like uh, the past uh, this last tag league for New Japan a bunch of the boys were getting this 23 and Me stuff so uh, what is it called 23 and Me what is that you sp- it's a you spit it you spit in this little vial container thing you send it off and it breaks down everything that you are like a DNA test. yes gotcha. exactly and I man just me- it messed me up because well it didn't really mess me up too bad but I was like I'm Seven percent Korean. All right, cool. That's interesting. So all the guys were doing it. Yeah, like uh, all the guys, like like Juice is doing it. Uh-huh. Uh, like Juice Finley, uh, Rocky Romero, were all doing it. And I was like, I wonder what I am. I didn't. I didn't want to. I was kind of nervous because I didn't want it to like just burst my bubble of what I was. <laughs> like so, but I did it anyways. You were twenty five percent Mahu. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thirty five. Yeah. There you go. So, uh, so when you're in Hawaii, what, what finally got you over and onto the mainland to start your career there? Uh, well, because I kind of I was pro wrestling in Hawaii for about three years, um, and then I kind of did everything I could there, and I didn't want to just settle. Sure. And then I ended up uh, doing a show in San Francisco with uh, All Pro Wrestling, and I did a show out there, and it was Roland Alexander, and he was he cried after a match, which is weird. And then the booker at the time was like, hey, man, you got to get out of Hawaii. Like, they're, like, I think you're pretty good. So I was like, all right, cool. So he hooked me up with a, a great trainer by the name of Oliver John in Sacramento. And I saved up saved up from that point. I think it was uh, like March we were up there. So March to December, I just saved up everything and then packed up and moved. Why was Roland crying? He, he, he said it was a really good match, oh. which like now I think about it, like, maybe it was Maybe he's, maybe he's lying to me. Maybe he just wants me to come and train with him. Because yeah. he, he he passed away years yeah. ago, didn't he? Yeah. Well, so then you start working in the California scene. Yep. Did all the indies up and down. Like did when as soon as I moved here, I was like, you know, I, I don't have a name, so I don't think I'm going to do anything. So I took anything and everything I could. I worked for free. Worked for ten bucks. Worked for twenty bucks. Drove six hours to L.A. back for nothing. So and that's what you have to do. Yeah. I mean, I think it makes you it makes you appreciate. I'm more appreciative of everything. Like, I think you have, I mean, I don't know, but my, my opinion is I think you have to go through those mm-hmm. to, I oh, sure. To, I think so. It so. makes you appreciate what you have when yeah, you go definitely. through it. And I think, and this is not uh, being a crotchety old man or anything like that, but I think sometimes guys, if they get signed very quickly, for example, and go to NXT in the performance center, you're not seeing that side because you're getting paid to train and yeah, you're, you're driving to towns in Florida, but then 
you know, you go to uh, a show in Boston, they bust you around everywhere and everything's all taken care of. Mm -hmm. You're missing that other side of the business, which is the long drives for shit money to appreciate what the business really is. Yeah. I mean, I don't think a majority of them have ever had to put five or six in a car and drive yeah. for six hours. Ugh. Yeah. And take collection for gas. And turn around and go back and like, right, right. watch up in five or whatever. So. <laughs> What was your first big break? I think it was uh, definitely Lucha Underground. Oh, right. Yeah, so it actually, well, I always say that my career, like how I got better in the ring was because of my trainer, Oliver John. Conan actually helped me out a lot. Mm -hmm. um, we did a tryout and I was really bummed because I didn't get like, we, it was like a six man tag and then the winners or he'd pick to go to the next round or whatever. And I didn't get picked. I just did one match. And I was like, damn. Mm. But then Conan was like, hey, man, I, th I like you, man. So, yeah, here's my number. I'm going to keep in contact with you. And again, I was just like, oh, man, well, this is probably just BS or whatever. Yeah. But he ended up uh, uh, ended up getting hold of me eventually and just saying, hey, man, we're doing this thing in L.A. It's called Lucha Underground. Like, would you be interested in it? I was like, heck, yeah. Mm. So, and what was your character there? Uh, I was Matanza. Yeah. Allegedly, guys, allegedly. <laughs> that was like, because uh, Lucha underground like when it first started i was into it and then it started there's so many crazy characters and all this people are dying and right they, so what was the character of matanza i was the the brother of dario cueto mm -hmm. and i was possessed by a demon or a god i'm sorry and i just i was my brother's killing machine hmm. whoever he wanted me to kill or whoever pissed him off i'd go take care of it and what kind of a mask did you have um oh a leather unbreathable thing was, <laughs> oh man it was just covering like it was like a surgeon's mask but with very little room to breathe i was dying on that's paper. hard i had to do that one time i wore a mask for i was super liger mm -hmm. it was like liger's evil rival and the mask they gave me originally had a, had a, like a you could put a straw in it like a blowhole and i had to cut the bottom half of the mask off because i couldn't breathe man like it's hard, especially when you're not used to it. Right. Put this on and go out there and work the Tokyo Dome. It was not uh, it was not a good thing. And you're just recycling hot air. Yeah. Your hot air. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Did it take you a while to to, to acclimate to that? Oh, definitely. And it, it didn't help that um, like we took so long breaks in between seasons. Right. Where it's like we'd film and then I'd get used to it eventually. And then we'd break. Mm. I was like, okay, cool. And then we'd come back. All right, put this mask back on. I'm like, oh, my God. But so if you work at Lucha Underground, how did you, I, I'm assuming you got out of that contract because the contract for people that don't know was like a seven year right. non-negotiable, like you are stuck with them for like seven years or something along those lines. Yeah. So I, I signed it. I, I really appreciate like Krista Joseph because he, he was cool to me mm -hmm. where like he called me or well, Conan called me and he said, I'm going to have this guy call you. And it was Krista, Doshi, uh, Krista Joseph. Krista he called Joseph, me. Yeah. Right. And uh, he called me and he said, hey, man, I want to offer you a Lucha Underground contract. And I, it was literally like a week before I did a WWE tryout. Oh, okay. So he, he told me, he said, hey, listen, I get it. I've worked there for X amount of years. Go do that. If you get signed, great. If you don't, call me back. I was thinking like he's just kicking me to the curb or whatever. Mm -hmm. but, uh, so I did my tryout. Uh, nothing came out of it. And I called him back and he's like, all right, cool. Let's get the ball rolling on this. And I signed with them and started doing this character and... And eventually it just just took too long in between seasons where I was like, hey, man. And you can't really work anywhere else, right? right? Yeah. Because, right. I mean, 
it's great. Indie on the indies is great, but then you'd also have to fight with promoters about pay and everything like that. Mm. Where it's like, hey, I have a set price, and like, oh, well, can you come down? It's like, I just don't want to deal with that. So like, TV is where you make the most money. So, sure, but I can't go any other TV spots because I'm stuck under this contract. So eventually, I we negotiated a way out. How of are it. you able to get out of it? Because there's still other guys that are that can't. <sighs> I don't know if it's like the Lucha team or the El Rey team or whatnot, but I, I had a, a lawyer draft up a termination letter and he's a big entertainment lawyer because they just like stop returning emails and all that. And, mm-hmm. and I get like, I emailed uh, Chris Joseph. I'm like, Hey man, what's going on? And he's like, like, listen, I, I just write the stuff. Right. So I didn't want to get him involved in that, that sure. side of it. So I'd always like email the office or anybody up there and they would never return my calls. So eventually, I just got frustrated with it and got a, got a hold of an entertainment lawyer, and then he looked. He's like, "Yeah, I, this contract is horrible." Right. So uh, he drafted a letter because at that point we were eighteen months without work. So he drafted a lawyer. He sent it in. Lo and behold, two days later, get a phone call. Hey Jeff, how's it going, man? I was like, "Oh come on." <laughs> so and then eventually, I just I said, "Hey, listen, I just want to be done with this." Uh, so. They ended up just saying, all right, cool. We can release you. Just come back for season four, film and ending to your character. And then I'm surprised more guys don't do that because, you know, you read about the guys that are stuck under it. I read even just today that somebody, I remember it was Eo Del Fantasma, has done the same thing, you know, filed a a grievance to because, you know, that that seems like it would be illegal to do that if you're not using the guys. Yeah, because, I mean, like for the 20 months we were off, we we weren't getting any anything you're nothing. not getting any money no nothing really yeah. so you're just getting paid when you work yeah so we'd get paid per episode like right the day of we get a check wow the following pay period or whatever that's then, crazy yeah and then like, all right we'll see you guys in well we don't know when we're coming back so we'll mm-hmm. see you when we come back and i was like okay cool like and then they would always tell us like all right well don't take any bookings in december because we're going to come back in december and so i wouldn't take any bookings and then like november comes around I was like, oh guys uh, we're pushing back to January. I'm like, oh, well, I lost out on half of December. Right. So. And that, that was just kind of the writing on the wall for me. And, you know, I was like, if I was like 24, yeah, I wouldn't really care. But I'm a little bit older. So, mm-hmm. I mean, my time, my window is a little bit shorter. Well, you know, plus, so. now you get more momentum, too. It's yeah. all about timing in this business, right? right? How did Matanza, uh, how, did it, how did it end? Uh, did so, die? they had this uh, Brian Cage eventually. Well, John, uh, John Morrison ended up with this infinity gauntlet thing <laughs> and then he he used it to beat me in a match uh-huh. and then black lotus or angela fong ended up taking it and ripping my heart out right on which was uh i did all the i did all the uh action stunts in that one by the way <laughs> there's no stuntmen for Lucha, no right? no just me did they pull your heart out yeah you, you saw it yeah it was that's, wonderful that's and great I, and I died right in front of her it was, she's just beating hard yes Yes. great that is pretty cool man so but but like you said i mean i think i I still can't believe that those guys are are still stuck there but it's good that you are not there because like you mentioned being on tv is kind of where you get more notoriety and and, and get more bigger money and now here you are with ring of honor and new japan so i mean there's there's two big companies that you're working for yeah i mean that was a blessing in disguise too because i remember Back in like when I right before I even debuted with New Japan, I remember I was ta- in talks with them, and then uh, Tiger Tori is like, "Uh, you don't want to use Lucha Underground guys." And I was like, "I'm not, I'm not there anymore. I promise, I promise." And mm-hmm. I just, well, he's like, "Hey man, <laughs> like, 
Still with that lucha? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got a tiger. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Hey, man. Oh. You drunk, man. <laughs> so, um, when uh, did you go to the dojo in LA to, to, to meet up with the New Japan guys, or how did that happen? Uh, no, they, uh, well, I think at a PWG uh, Battle of Los Angeles show, Tiger Tori came and he saw me wrestling. And, he was like, and then he just started talking to me a little bit. And then I ended up getting booked for. 2017's Tag League Tour, mm -hmm. and then that's it just kept going from there. It's interesting when you mentioned PWG. It was obviously such a, a, a hot company, but it's going to be harder and harder for them now because everyone's getting signed. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, it's less guys available to work there. I, but I, I think it's good just, like, or not, I don't want to say good, but, like, I think it opens up avenues for them to go like think outside the box and like, all right, well, let's try this. Let's give this guy a chance or this guy a chance. And I think that's what like PWG is. It, it gives like it gave me an opportunity and it it definitely helped my career blow up a little mm -hmm. bit. So it, I think it's a good thing. Like, you know, everybody's all right, cool. Everybody's inside. Well, PWG. Let's, uh, again, let's try sure. this guy out. It reminds me a lot like uh, where what ECW used to be, you know, in the 90s, where if you went there and got over, everyone would take notice. Right. Yeah, and, well, you ex know? it's exactly. Well, I mean, I guess, well, back then, they were probably doing DVDs, and PWG's still doing DVDs. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, yeah, so it's exactly like. Right, right, right. <laughs> but it was, always, it was always in a very small building, mm -hmm. right? Oh, yeah. The, the well, they, they moved to a little bit bigger. Oh, yeah, I heard, I heard. But. It's not the sweat boxes, the Reseda one was. Because you'd but. see they would it would sell out like in five minutes right. or something like that. Right. It'd I be mean, like even to this day, like with the with the uh, the quote unquote lack of talent or lack of big names, it's still selling out in minutes. So I th I think they're doing something right. Who did you work back in those, in those times at PWG? Uh, like uh, Chris Hero, Trevor Lee, uh, Ricochet, uh, the Bucks. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. So fun. a lot of guys, everybody basically now, and you are signed in, in Ring of Honor, but a lot of guys that are in WWE, and you mentioned you had the tryout. Mm -hmm. how, it, did, it did not go good? or, or, or So they, I don't know, I thought it was going positive because like uh, Briscoe was like, like, hey, man, you're a wrestler, right? I like you, kid. Like, yeah. Cool, man. And then uh, and then I pop build him out with the same story. I was like, it's like, why'd you become a wrestler? I was like, well, I thought I was pro wrestling. You know? <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Then, uh, yeah, so like, I thought it was going good. Like they pulled eight of us to the side to do so like, at the performance center yeah oh, the gotcha. performance center, three day the three day one gotcha so they and pulled they, you to the yeah, side they pulled too. us aside did on camera interviews and all that and i was like oh this is pretty cool and then start taking pictures of a like full body and everything i was like oh man this is awesome this is always what i would always what i dreamed about and then they ended up signing six of them and and they offered uh canyon seaman was like hey, like offered me tough enough mm -hmm. it's like uh it, again if i was in my 20s mm -hmm. like tough enough sure but then i was like you know I don't know. Tough enough doesn't like. There's only maybe like three or four that came through that system, like the Miz oh, or yeah. Morrison. And I was like, from from the tough enough that you got offered in 2015, none of them made it except for yeah. I think Mandy and Sonya, and uh, maybe Velveteen Dream. Those are the three. Yeah. So it's like it's rare. So I, yeah. I mean, I just didn't want to fall in that trap. Mm -hmm. I'm not trap, but who were some of the guys that got signed out of those six? Uh, Rich Swan was in my class. Oh, okay. Um, uh, no way, Jose. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh. One of the street prophets, uh, Montez Ford. Okay, yeah. he's a sweet high frog splash. He was my roommate, actually. Oh yeah, so I would just bug mess with him. I'm sorry, I apologize. <laughs> I got I still have the videos on my phone. So right, 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 right. So. So, but when when um when you said you did the tag league, who was your partner in Japan? Uh, Michael Elgin. Oh, Elgin. Okay, 
Right yeah. on. Oh yeah, there's a little issue, right? <laughs> He's got a lot of. He can't keep his mouth shut. That guy. <laughs> like you know, Hulk Hogan did it right. Like he messed up. He got off of Twitter. Stay away from Twitter. Right. So, some. I think sometimes if you get in trouble, just maybe just don't tweet or don't Facebook tweet. or did anything. Because yeah, did he tweet or, or he text somebody or tweet somebody that my partner's not any good or something yeah. along those lines? Yeah. So did, I was like, well, the funny thing is, like, I'm I'm from Hawaii, so I'm really laid back. I super know. chill. Yeah. So that actually happened. I remember reading that at three in the morning because for some reason, when you go to Japan, I always wake up at three in the morning, two or three o'clock in the morning, every time. So I got up to use the bathroom, came back and I like my phone was lit up and I was like, what the heck? And I never get like hundreds of messages from people I haven't seen in a while, like guys in WWE and like, hey, man, what's going on? What's going on? I was like, what do you mean? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And then like and then I saw it. I was like. Well, that sucks. And then Did somebody screenshot a text. Yeah. So I, a bunch of people screenshotted stuff and they'll just oh. send it to me. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know. And I kind of just looked at it. And I was like, well, but can't make everybody like me. So, but that was a text that he had sent to somebody that, yeah. that somebody then kind of, yeah. Well, he's, right. he sent it to a, uh, a girl and then, right. And then I guess they had something going on or whatever. Gotcha. And then, issues. And, and so then she, she got mad at him or I, I don't know. So I don't want to get, of course not. Time, but you, yeah. Did you talk to him about it? No, because I don't care. Like right. I, I, I mean, you're never gonna. I, I look at it as like maybe he was, he was like, oh well, they're bringing this guy in. Like I'm not gonna take your spot, guy. Mm -hmm. Like because he, he's the one with the contract. I don't have a contract. Sure. I'm just coming in for this. this but tour. I, I would see. I mean, I, that's probably it because I've seen your stuff and you're pretty good, man. So it's <laughs> not the you. case. Yeah. But I, I don't know. Like I mean, again, this is probably like wrestling's like a land full of insecure people, but. Mm -hmm. like, well, there's always people that, you know, you come over there and you guys are similar physiques and maybe work a similar way. So then automatically you think, oh, I'm going to lose my spot, which never happens. You lose your own spot. Right. So, I mean, you know what? Like, and, you know, we're he, he's a bald white Canadian. I'm a, a brown big guy. We're totally <laughs> two different guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so now you do you work there every tour now in New Japan? Um, every so often I'll go over there. It's like mm -hmm. I've done like about four tours, and I did my first Tokyo Dome this last January. Is amazing. Was that in the uh, the six man? Yeah. This, who was, who was your partners? Uh, David Finley and uh, Yuji Nagata. Oh, which was awesome. I was like, dude, Yuji's my partner. <laughs> We're not losing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, we ended up losing. But, fin <laughs> but Finley got pinned. Yeah. So that's it's on him. Damn Finley. I know. Damn Irishman. Jeez. Did you did you like going? Do you like going to Japan? I love going to yeah. Japan. Um, I love like just the culture, the people, how they are. It's just great, man. Like, yeah, it's, they're so respectful. And then uh, what, about the, what about the style or the wrestling style? I can see how Tenzan wrestles. I don't even know how old he is now, but he's in his older years. Like how he can wrestle for longevity, and that's what I want. Is I want longevity, mm -hmm. you know, like and just like their style. It's it's more of the selling and the and, mm -hmm. the and the wrestling as opposed to the moves, which is which is great. Which is the exact opposite of what people used to think about Japanese wrestling. It was very stiff, right? And, you know, I mean, those guys can be stiff, but mostly they're just stiff on themselves, right? Taking ridiculous bumps and doing all these weird things. It's like, oh my gosh, don't do that. But it's not get in there and get dropped on your head or get kicked in the face or anything like that, right? Like, well, I mean, going back a little bit, like when I first started training, the trainer at the time love the the strong the quote-unquote strong style and he's like yeah this is how you do forms he's like killing me with these forms like jesus and then you know but he's never wrestled in japan he just saw the style and thought that's what it was and that's what i thought it was because of him then mm -hmm. my first tour of japan I'm like oh my gosh these guys are amazing. so light yeah. right yeah like, 
Am I in the right Japan place? <laughs> that's the concept of wrestling, though, is you make it look tough, but you don't make you know you you, you don't hurt anybody, right? And that was that's what it was like. It was perception is reality. I was like, I thought they kill each other, and mm-hmm. no, it's beautiful. It's it's great art, man. Do you do more single stuff now in Japan? No, actually, no. I do a lot of uh, multis and tags. I did do the uh, a singles match when they went to the Cow Palace last year. This is building to myself and Goto in a singles match. So mm-hmm. that was a, I, it was great to have a singles match, but I mean, I don't mind these. It would seem either. that now with, you know, the lots of guys leaving and stuff like that, that the door is open for you to start getting more single chance. I would love to, man. Yeah. Like, like I said, new, like new Japan has been great to me. So I have no complaints. And you got that. the perfect like physique for it. Just a big dude. You know, they love big <laughs> giant guys. Yeah. I was like, man, like, Oh man, everybody's like mess. I don't know if they're ribbing me or not, but like, like Marty and like a bunch of the new Japan guys like, Oh man, maybe just go trunks. I was like, <laughs> oh, no, I'm never going to trunks. Man. What do you wear? You wear the singlet, right? I wear a singlet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause it, it, it hides. It's a, it's an illusion, man. <laughs> but it's like, no, like, like you look at that. Like Takayama had a great career. I was like, yeah, but he was a, a deadly badass. I'm just, we, yeah. <laughs> I was like, then I started thinking, I was like, Hmm, maybe I should go to trunks. I'm like, no, I don't, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I like food too much. I like pizza. So. <laughs> you just pull them up over your, uh, over your, like the old <laughs> really timers. High trunks. Yeah. You see like the Dory Funk guys. You just pull them up uh, past the, past your belly button. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> it's an upper body game, right? Yeah, that's right, brother. <laughs> Tell us what's going on with Ring of Honor. Um, well, I uh, currently am their uh, television channel. Yeah, you just you, you signed a deal there this yep. year, or, or? Uh, I start I start my deal. I signed for one year. Um, it go it went into effect uh, January first. That's and, great. And then it's uh, man, it's awesome, man. Like just working with some of the guys there and like learning from guys like like Jay Lethal, man. He, he's he's like the franchise there, you know. what I'm mm-hmm. saying? So I'm like, he's and he's so good. So just being able to learn from them and just. And then now getting a chance to do more TV stuff as opposed to like when I was Matanza, I didn't care because they'd say, we'll catch you. Don't worry. And just do whatever you want. And because there was no real hard cam in mm. Lucha. Did they film it more like a movie or something? With a well, they, of- they just had camera guys on all four sides. And then for some reason, they had one right above the ring. Oh, so like if you're if you got pinned, you're, you're staring at a camera, mm-hmm. which is weird. So like. We didn't really have to work about like work hard cam and all that. So, but Ring of Honor has been, you know, I've been learning more of that style. Mm-hmm. So it's great. Like, which is important. Yeah. Like you said, the hard camera yeah. and find the camera and all that sort of thing. So, which yeah. You, you that, don't, you don't think about when you're working, you know, on in the indies or right. whatever. It's non televised, right? Right. So, like, I, I've been trying to do that more, like, before my Ring of Honor contract went to effect was like the last couple months of indies that I had. I was like, okay, I'm trying to work the, do you guys have a hard cam? Mm-hmm. which is rare in, a, in on the indies but s- some of them did so i try, try to work that as much as i could so. it's cool because you know with all the stuff that's going on with with you know my company and WWE and, and ring of honor i like that ring of honor signing some good guys mm-hmm. you know they brought you in they brought pco in, and now they brought in bandito and it's like they're they're, they're doing a great job of locking in uh, names as well mm-hmm. i believe rush is there too now yeah i mean that's crazy yeah like i think it's like it's a great time to be in wrestling, man. Like, like wrestling has always been great for me in general, but then now just seeing all, like, I love the fact that people have a chance to go and make a living doing what they love and mm-hmm. doing this profession. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for it, man. And don't have to be in the WWE yeah, system, which yeah. is always well, the case. See, see, that's the thing too, is like, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm probably wrong on this looking. I don't know. But I remember as a kid, cause that's all we had in, in Hawaii was 
was that. And we'd get NWA every so often, but it was more so WWF. And then there was also like, I think it was like Global Wrestling on ESPN or something. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I think 123 Kid or, or Xbox yeah, was yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Down in God. Texas or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So those are the only wrestling I could see oh, and, and Glow, but <laughs> I never wanted wrestling. Wrong gender, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, so growing up, I was, I was always like, okay, I have to make a WWE to do anything in this world and you know, to make a living or whatever. But like, I've been doing pretty, like pretty darn well, like in the past three years, three, four years, not having been signed to WWE. So mm-hmm, like, it's, it's crazy. Yeah. Like, and I, then thought, like, I thought that was the end all be all, but. Well, and that's the whole concept of AEW as well as guys that did not want to go to WWE that, that, that went elsewhere. So you can see that. And like I said, I liked seeing ring of honor signing all you guys. Cause it shows like, you know, they got, they got, they got some money out there too. So like mm-hmm. you mentioned, just more options for everybody. I think that's great. Like, especially like, you know, if there's more places to work, then there's just, I think it just creates more, like, more, uh, like, have to deep down and think of new concepts and all that. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, I, it just makes everybody work harder and work better for the industry that we love. How many uh, days a month do you work for Ring of Honor? It varies. Like, January, we did, we had five shows. Hmm. Um, February, we have two. Wow. Or three. Oh, we have Four, I'm sorry. We have four. Gotcha. Um, then March, we have two. Eight. And is this like a yearly deal that you sign yeah. with them? Yeah. That's great. So, yeah, so I'm like, and can you work other places? As uh, well? So right now, we can still work PWG. Okay. Um, and then overseas in, uh, overseas independence, mm-hmm. as long as it's not like certain mar- Like, we can't work Toronto. Oh, because they, they have a market. Yeah, Toronto, we have yeah. a lot of, we do a couple of Toronto dates a year. So mm-hmm. we just can't work there. And then, so other than that, it's just, I work the Ring of Honor and then. When New Japan needs me for a tour, I hop over there, and if there's an indie or two, I can pick up. If I'm not, or if I don't want to work, mm-hmm. I want to do something with my my lady. Let's just we'll go. That somewhere. helps too. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's, oh man. And I, I mean, I don't. I mean, I'm not downplaying or talking negative on like NXT or anything like that. But like, I don't think I'd be able to do that mm-hmm. if I was there. You know, like, like well, I guess I want to go to the beach this weekend, or let's go to, let's go to Long Beach and hang out, or my buddy's getting married. Like, you know, I don't have to ask anybody, can I go? Right. Yeah. I think we're going to go to a wedding. So, When you did the tryout there, I was going to ask you, was there a lot of like uh, cardiovascular drills? Is that kind of Oh, my gosh, do? yeah. It was, it was crazy. Um, a lot of running the running the ropes, um, a lot of rolls, which is great. A lot of uh, Brookside shuffles. Which is What's a Brookside shuffle? Uh, it's pretty much um, you put your hands on your head and you do like a little side shuffle around the ring. Uh, you stay close to the ropes. Uh, you don't go towards the center. And so you're in the center of the ropes looking directly across and that's your partner. So you'd have to do the shuffle and try to stay in sync mm. with them. So by the time they're in a corner, you should be in the opposite corner. Gotcha. And then same with the other two. So it's like you have a perfect square diamond or however you're looking at it at all times. That's the goal. But then it's it pretty tough after that. And it's like obviously a very physical exercise that you have to do this. Oh, yeah. yeah. So like it's it was weird because like, I don't know. Like I, I loved it there because it was it was cool. I had so much fun, and mm. you know I'm over here having fun, and then like, okay, so uh, all right, so I don't mean like to go off and on another tangent, but like when I was doing like our check ins, like we had weigh ins, and I looked down and I saw the clipboard and it said athletes, so it was like one through twenty, and then it said indie workers, twenty one through I don't know thirty or whatever. I was like, oh come on, wow. I was like I'm. I mean, I was in the Olympics. Does that count? <laughs> so I was kidding. Like, I, I'm, I'm under indie workers, so which is I get it, but 
Well, so so what are you saying that they had? Well, no. So they put the like the former football players or CrossFit athletes. They wow. were in the so in the athlete, the athlete yeah. category, which is funny because you'd be surprised how many NFL football players or former NFL footballers uh, football players can't do a forward roll. Or do the couple oh, and they're done, dude. You're and just get up and leave, right? Yeah, there's yeah. a few of them that like did and they couldn't do it, so they sit on the side to the next drawer or whatever. There's a few that like we do these rolls up, rolls up kind of thing for like I don't know, like a minute or two. Like one of them, all right, all right, and then Brookside would like, all right, get out of here, go to the next ring. So you'd have to get out of the ring, sprint to the other ring, and do the exact same rolls that we did. And I remember just being the next one in watching this football player went to grab the second rope to get out of the ring missed it and went head first to the ground. I was like, it's an athlete guys. It's an athlete. But. Oh, that makes me laugh. I always used to laugh when the big bodybuilders and the big football guys would try and get into wrestling, you know, and you would just say like, dude, it's, it's not what you think, you know, just because you can bench press 300 pounds mean, doesn't mean you'll mean be a good shit. wrestler. You'd always see that. I remember there was a couple Gronks idiots in, um, in uh in the wrestling camp the second year when i was kind of helping train my second year in the business helping train as ridiculous <laughs> as that sounds but there was i was doing weights like curls with like you know 20 pounds or 25 pounds and the afterwards i heard yeah like oh yeah jericho he's what he, he'll never make it he's, he's only curling 25 pounds what a pussy and then meanwhile these guys were gone like two weeks later and they were curling 50 pounds it's like well that didn't really work out too well for you and you're still there teaching guys yeah <laughs> Yeah. That's really interesting, athletes and indie workers. Yeah, well. I, I mean, that was back in like 2000, the end of 2014. So mm -hmm. I don't know if they changed the, the lingo or whatnot. Right, but right, right. I don't know. I haven't been there in a while. Who um who are you looking forward to working with in Ring of Honor? Uh, Definitely, definitely, like I mentioned earlier, Jay Lethal. Lethal yeah. Like, just to see, again, he, like, you know, his moniker is the franchise, but I mean, he is like the gatekeeper of Ring of Honor, you know? So he's been the champ for, I think, they said like 600 plus days. So, wow. I mean, they're not just going to give it to anybody. So I, I'd love to work him because like I teamed with him and mm -hmm. it, was, it was so much fun, learned mm -hmm. so much, but yeah, guys like, like anybody I haven't had a chance to work with, I think, cause I always want to, like, I never want to be in my comfort zone where, Oh, well you're, you like to throw big guys. Let's just keep the big guys with you. Right. Sure. So I'm like, if I can just work everybody and try to see if I can have a good, tell a good story. With Who did matchup. you beat for the television title? Uh, Punishment Martinez. Oh, okay. Yeah. He went to NXT. Yeah, now. he's in NXT now. He's a fairly big guy, right? Yeah, he's like 6'6", six, six, mm -hmm. which is huge for me. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a good six-footer <laughs> like with my lifts. A cigarette machine with a head on it, as my dad used to say. <laughs> well, I like vending machine, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got right, vending machine. Is there even such thing as a cigarette machine now? I don't even know. Probably not. I think <laughs> yeah. those are illegal, probably. Uh, as we wind down here, you mentioned you were a big fan when you were growing up. Who were some of your favorites? Um, I, I mean, it's a cliche word, a cliche name, but like Hulk Hogan drew me in mm -hmm. just as a kid. Um, on a side note, Hulk Hogan, you owe me nine ninety five because I took those dang vitamins. I bought them vitamins as a kid. No I, kidding. I didn't get big until after college. And so. what? And what were they? There's the the multivitamins. Oh, like like he was so Hulk Hogan brand multivitamins. Yeah, it was, like, it was like a chewable, like you know the Flintstones had yeah. those, but it was Hulk Hogan one. I bought them, man. I was like, oh. Come to find out, years later, that's one of the vitamins. That's what I was gonna say. Did it have a uh, fifty percent D ball in it? No, he didn't have. The, he didn't have. There was vitamin like a, B12, vitamin B, D ball, and testosterone. <laughs> but yeah, so I bought them. So yeah, Hulk Hogan drew me in. Ultimate Warrior kept me, uh, and then Heart Foundation. So me and my neighbor, oh, backyard wrestle like not backyard wrestle like crazy, but just. 
we had wrestled invisible people mm-hmm. and because he was a lot he looked just like um anvil and i was a lot smaller than and then i had the the bret hart shades so i was bret hart Ooh, i couldn't sell as good as him as a kid but it's interesting like you know i was thinking about the other day when uh when when gene okerlin passed away you know you go back and watch some of the stuff mm-hmm. and go through it and like it's such a magical time at that point you know even though the matches weren't great but just the characters and the personas and being a kid that was so enamored like to me it was all like kiss and wrestling and just like it's like watching those old matches it brings you back to when you were a kid you know well i don't know because again perception is real like when i was a kid the biggest match i ever saw and i made it was amazing like i was counting on the days for this in toronto hogan and warrior wrestled it's like oh my god it's gonna be great then like 2015 i went to a buddy's house and we watched it it was horrible (laughs) like Jake Roberts and Ted DiBiase had a match on the undercard. That was phenomenal. Yeah. But then now, like, as an adult, I'm like, ugh. Well, those guys could work, though. Right, That's the thing. Right. But I didn't know that. I didn't know well, about You, don't, you didn't know it at yeah. the time. Like, even when you watch Andre the Giant versus Hulk, right. biggest match maybe of all time, it's not a Rock versus Hulk. Mm-hmm. If you watch The Rock versus Hulk Hogan and turn the sound down, it's the worst. Right. You turn the sound up, it's amazing because right. people it's, are so it's excited. Because, yeah, it's because of the, it's because of the probably the perceptions are like, oh my god, Hogan's wrestling the Rock. I'm sure. Or, or Hogan, Hogan and Giant. What the hell? But yeah, then, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Like going back, I'm like, oh gosh. You know what's funny is I worked with Hulk a bunch in about 2002. He came back in. And he was still pretty mobile. We had some really good. I would even venture to say there's a match that we had. There's two that we had on TV. I can't remember which one it was. It was probably his best match of the 2000s. Like, or, or, or of his, like, maybe even WCW on, like, it was really good stuff. And the thing when working with him, he was really into working. Like, you know, he, I, you know, he gave me a suplex off the second rope and I gave him a moonsault and he went for the big boot and I sweeped his legs to put him in the walls of Jericho. But he said back, he said in these days now, like talking 2002, He's like, I'm working with everybody who's just trying to make me look good. Mm-hmm. And he goes, this is blowing my mind because it was never like this. And I go, what do you mean? He said, everyone was always trying to, to fuck you. Because, yeah. you know, yeah, he said, so those guys w- maybe weren't having good matches or didn't know how to have good matches, but didn't care because they were just trying to get one over on Hogan. Whereas when he came back in the modern era, our attitude is a lot different because, mm-hmm. once again, no one's going to steal your spot. And he's like, I can't believe how much more fun I'm having, how much easier it is working with you guys because you'll actually work with me and make me look good. That's crazy. Yeah. Do you remember that helmet that he had that had a big fist on it that he wore for a while? If you Google it, you see the Hulk Hogan helmet. helmet. And the reason why he got it made is he said because it gave him a way to win. He said no one would take the leg drop in the pin, so he would be hitting him with this helmet that had a big fist on it. And I'm like, you were a baby face. He goes, yep. <laughs> well, if he keeps you down, screw yeah, it. Hit him with a helmet. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> Hit him with yeah, a helmet, brother. It shows how things have changed, right? You know. Um, uh, last question for you: What's your favorite match that you've ever had? My favorite match? Yeah. Oh man, kind of rough. Rough question to ask. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. It's one. Is the Why one. Why you put me on this? You should have gave me this ahead of time. I could have done some homework. <laughs> was there one that's 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 there are a few that you you think oh that was pretty damn cool? Um, I had one in uh, England with uh, my former tag team partner matt riddle oh uh, i definitely put that in like my top top five of all time he's got a lot of steam right now yeah, a lot of buzz about him yeah so I'm, I'm happy for him man like i'm sad to see him go but at the mm. same time hey where were you guys tag team uh we were tagging pwg gotcha uh like we they randomly put us together against the bucks and we had a great match there and then oh wow and yeah and then there's 
we were our tag team was born there but for some reason nobody wanted to book us outside of pwg hmm so it's whatever no does biggie he, does he wrestle with the bare feet yeah so and is he an amateur guy as well yeah uh gotcha. new york new york guy so wow yeah and then we just clicked from there mm-hmm. like when, I, when we first met and we clicked and then we teamed and just dominated killed people <laughs> so, in a nice way but yeah, yeah so like uh that met riddle match is definitely up there um I had a really good one and like he I think he's super like underappreciated like in a sense but like a uh, uh, Drew McIntyre or mm-hmm. whatever you want yeah Galloway like, yeah. yeah whatever you want to call him like mm-hmm. I don't know he's just like, just call him what he wants to be called yeah but yeah so he I think he's phenomenal man well he did a great job and that's what happens sometimes when he got fired mm-hmm. and then goes through the system and right. ends up coming back so much better than he ever was because like we were talking earlier, he had a chance to go ride the roads and learn, right. get that life experience. Yeah, so like, I, we had a great one. I, he hits hard, but, <laughs> but I, I like those kind of style. Like, sure. I mean, don't kill me, but like. Yeah, I was yeah. just to say, like, don't break my nose. Don't knock out my teeth, but hit me as hard as you want other than that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I like it like that. Yeah, exactly. Have you been to Europe at all to work, England or anything yeah. like that? Yeah, so. Um, well, right. you just mentioned you worked. Too, yeah, right? so I've, I've wrestled a bunch in Europe, uh, England. I like England just because it's so much fun, like mm-hmm. like wrestling guys there because they they have a different uh, style than the uh, quote unquote American Indies. Mm-hmm. So I, lo- I I love going there, man. Much more of kind of a technical based in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah, so like I, every time I've gone there, I've gotten to wrestle like Zack Saber a bunch of times, and I always like try to stretch my. Zach, you realize I'm not flexible, man. <laughs> but he tries it anyways. Easy to stretch, uh, stretch the vending machine. Not, not easy. <sighs> I'll just give you that Kit Kat if you want. <laughs> Don't stretch me for it, brother. <laughs> oh, dude, this is great, man. I'm glad we were able to to yeah, to, to make this happen, man. Thank you for having me on, man. It's very very cool. Television champion right here. Do you have a nickname? Or is it just Jeff Cobb? Just Jeff Cobb. That's it. That's all you need. Yeah. No need for a nickname. Yeah. N F K N F N. I don't know. <laughs> there it is. No need for a nickname. There you go. (laughs) Thanks, dude. Thank you. Don't forget Jeff Cobb headlining for the World Heavyweight Championship, Ring of Honor versus Matt Taven at Best in the World. You can order that now on the Honor Club. Jeff's also going to be in Hamilton, Ontario on uh, Sunday, Alpha One Wrestling. You get the details on his Twitter, at Real Jeff Cobb. And don't forget Fighter Fest, uh, Saturday, uh, uh, June 29th. The uh, next uh, huge show from AEW, I believe you can get that on uh Bleacher Report live, and you can find all that information. Oh, it's a big, big uh, weekend for wrestling and a big uh, time coming up for Fozzie as we're getting ready to rock the Incarnation Festival July 12th in Mansfield, Ohio. Uh, then doing a couple shows at Nickelback August 22nd in Uncasville, Connecticut, the Mohegan Sun Casino, August 24th, Atlantic City, New Jersey at the Mark Etis Arena. Uh, and then Fozzie's Unleashed in the West Tour kicking off in September. We're opening for Iron Maiden in Los Angeles on September 14th at the Bank of California Stadium. So we decided to book a whole tour around it, a Western tour. We're starting September 5th in Denver. We're hitting Colorado Springs, Grand Junction, Colorado, Salt Lake City, Utah, Crystal Bay, Nevada, San Francisco, California, Sacramento, California, Las Vegas, Nevada, San Diego, California, Tempe, Arizona, Tucson, Arizona, El Paso, Texas, Dallas, Texas, Houston, Texas, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, Atlanta, Georgia at the Masquerade, September 28th. we got Jared James Nichols coming out with us. He's an amazing guitar player, up and comer. We toured Canada with him, had a great time. 
Sons of Texas joining us at the Texas gigs. Uh, all ticket info and gig information at FozzyRock.com. You can also get a, a VIP meet and greet package that we do before every show. One of the best in the business. Do a mini set just for you, a live concert just for you. We take pictures, we meet you, we greet you, we hang out. So come see Fozzy and and uh, be a Fozzy VIP. All that information at FozzyRock.com as well. And then we're getting down to the nitty gritty. 90% sold of Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Ranger at Part Deux. Setting sail January 20th next year, 2020. Fozzy's going to be doing three uh, different shows on the ship, including the big sail away set plus a cover set. Ric Flair is going to be the, the guest of honor. AEW, imagine all the stars from that that's going to be there. We haven't begun to announce those guys yet. Uh, NWO, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, X-Pac. Uh, Eric Bischoff is going to be there. Big, uh, big podcast for those three. Big podcast with Ric Flair. A big live podcast with Jake the Snake Roberts. A gathering of the Guerrero's live podcast. Chavo Guerrero, uh, Shaw Guerrero, and uh, Vicky Guerrero. Uh, Booker T is doing his Hall of Fame podcast. Queen Charmel is going to be joining him on that. MVP doing his one-man show. Brad Williams is our host. He's hilarious. Great comedian who was there last year. Jack Slade, Keeper of the Ice. Conrad Thompson is going to be there to do 83 Weeks Live with Eric Bischoff. Fozzie's playing, like I said, Farewell to Fear, Kick-Axe, Killer Queens, the world's greatest female queen cover band. Rubik's Cube is going to be there, uh, the best 80s cover band you've seen. Dave Spivak Project is back. Jared James Nichols, uh, Dark Sky Choir, uh, so many great bands. Uh, DDP is going to be there doing his workshops live on the ship, Beyond the Darkness, hosting more creepy paranormal events. So many crazy things. The Sarah Tiana and Bruce Jingles are going to be there to make you laugh. we got more guests to be announced, more wrestlers to be announced announced autograph signings picture taking listen i don't really have to sell this to you too much more if you haven't got your cabin yet you're waiting don't wait any longer this is legit we are 90 percent sold out uh by the way we're going we'll probably be sold out completely in the next i'd say four to six weeks so if you want to come with us don't wait chris jericho cruise.com and we will see you there for the vacation of a lifetime all right coming up on friday celebrating canada day with the biggest canadian band of all time and you might not have even heard of them they're called the tragically hip we're talking all about the hip, uh, why they are so massive in Canada. We're talking a stadium band in Canada and never really had much of a, 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 a penetration worldwide. If you're Canadian, you're going to love it. If you're not Canadian, you're going to love it. The biggest band you've never heard of, the Tragically Hip, celebrating Canada Day on Friday. Uh, we'll see you then. Stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. And a big hip boy.